Hi everybody, welcome to the show. That was rather dramatic, wasn't it? You can probably guess what uh, today's show is going to be about. It's going to be about COVID-19, your boy. <laughs> um, we're looking at the different aspects of it. Um, just We did promote that we were going to do the um, complaint that we're putting towards Ipso uh, today as well, but I think we should just focus on the COVID stuff because it's mad important. We'll do the Ipso stuff tomorrow instead. So um, we're going to go around um, what's actually occurring with COVID because obviously it's not being reported very much. And to my mind, um, this week, there was a Stanford Medical School report um, or study published. And we have to talk about this because I don't know why this isn't on the front page of every paper. Well, I do, but like, you know, it's a figure of speech, isn't it? I just can't get my head around the denial of reality and I'm finding it really sinister as well like there's something at play there and I've tried to like sort of explore it a little bit so we're going to look at the history of what happened with the Spanish flu afterwards um from 1918 around around there and we're going to try and draw some um correlations with what's happening right now um it's it was called then the great forgetting or the forgetting and I personally believe we're in that now we're also going to talk about um, solutions and what we can do together because I think this is something that we should do and I want to challenge everybody to get involved in this. I think we should get to practical action now. It'll become clear why as the show goes on, definitely, unless you're hard of thinking like, oh, you want to come with some crazy talk because as ever, everything's evidenced, isn't it? Um, a lot of the stuff we know to do, but some of the stuff we don't know is happening in other places, not like that aren't the UK, um, and there should be. So let's see who's in the comments first before we crack on. Good morning, Michael. Nice to see you. Joanne G's in. Good morning. Jez Hunt's in. Good morning. Jacqueline's in. Good morning. And Zoe's in as well. Good morning. Let me know who else is in. I see more people in. Um be really nice to know who's a boot also as well give us a comments as we go on about this because i'm just at a loss man i just don't understand like why this isn't everywhere two years we was in the house man like what was it for like we'll be answering that later on <laughs> but in the meantime if you go to the community tab on youtube.com forward slash cow daily um we'll move in some of where written work over to that and it helps the growth of this channel so it'd be really appreciated if you would take your comments over to there for other things also if you want to directly support the work go to patreon.com forward slash cow daily that's patreon.com forward slash cow daily also if you want to make a one-off contribution to our work paypal links in the description right we're back in the game before we kick into this, I'm just going to have a quick drink of my tea. Today it's back to ginger. Lemon balm wasn't really doing it for us. Too much of that's a bad thing, I feel. Apologies to the listeners there. I didn't announce I was about to take a drink of it, and I must apologize. Dead air is not, not a good thing. Who else is a boot? Ah, Duncan Paler's in. My God. Good morning, Cow Gang. You all good? 
Are you good, Duncan? I hope so. By the way, just while we're on, Duncan um, is the mechanic for the Newcastle wheelchair rugby team. The Newcastle, is it the Barbarians, Duncan? I think it is. Um, and they're looking for cover in September because Duncan has to go away. He's the mechanic um, and engineer there. So if anybody out there could help that one weekend, Duncan deserves a, a break. Like So it would be really helpful if you could volunteer your time that weekend. Contact Duncan for more details. Also, the Gandalf's saying, nice to see you, and congratulations on the new Bairn as well. Seeing the pictures, nice one. Also, nice new haircut, nice and smart. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, as well, just verbally, um, I forgot a reference in the last show. Uh, I got that Alistair Campbell video from something Gandalf had posted. So go there. I think it's, is it, what is it, Glasgow or something now? I don't know. I don't know. Confirm for us. Let us know. Reet. COVID, what do you want to know? But this is what's triggered this for show, by the way, right here. So this is from NIH.gov. Uh, SARS-CoV-2 infection weakens immune cell response to vaccination. Um, Jess on Twitter has pulled out a bit from it handily for us. SARS-CoV-2 infection damages the CD8 plus T cell response, an effect akin to that observed in earlier studies showing long-term damage to the immune system after infection with viruses such as hepatitis C or HIV. Right, before we cycle through the information, let's look at that again. Hepatitis C or HIV, right? We know that um, COVID's airborne. We know that you can we can get it um, through droplets and nothing, it appears, is being done. We cannot continue to get repeat infections. Forget about the personal stuff and people's health, because I'm trying to like think of how we can pitch this to people who don't care about other people. Um, tr quite often, what we we'll have to do is look at what they care about. It's usually, money. <laughs> like selfish people are usually like big on the money thing. So. Um, Basically, the economy will collapse if it keeps going this way. It's impossible that we can keep having this amount of people coming out of the workforce, particularly when, from an economics perspective, they can't easily bring in cheaper labor because of Brexit, unless they change the law, which they won't do because it's bad for Brexit optics. So they're in a rock and a hard place. So we've seen Jeremy Hunt coming out um, with this whole, let's all work till 70 and trying to pitch like you got so much to offer and all that. So that we need to be retiring earlier and earlier, man. There's no need for all of that, but we're getting in the economics weeds there. This is a way and we'll cut like at the end of this particular show, we'll be talking about how we can actually do things practically. And that's one of the ways I think is like, it's not just the public health um, case, which you'll see is really clear. And I'll show examples of what, what great things have been doing in other places like Spain later. But it's about the economic case because that's what breadheads care about and they seem to be the ones with the levers of power. So um, they're clearly in denial, but it's not going away. It won't go away and it can't go away. It's not possible for that to be the case. So we're going to have to be, um, and I hate to use this word, grown-ups, you know, like the, the right wing and Labour Party. Oh, we're all grown-ups now. You've got control. Yeah, and you've, your lead's been reduced to 10%. Yesterday's Keir Starmer. Um, neutralization. So here's one of the things, right, which I've noticed, and this is um, EuropaPress.es. It's a Spanish uh, media outlet, and it's from 2021. 
The board installs air purifying filters capable of neutralizing COVID-19 on consortium buses. That's like the public sector buses. So what it says here, the government of Andalusia has completed the installation of a pioneering system for air purification in, the, in all the buses, the Metropolitan Transport Consortium of the Malaga area. Just a little point, since then, all of the Andalusia um, area is, all of the buses, I think there's 168 of them, have had um, HEPA filtration systems fitted. Um, I'll tell you a bit more about the science or the detail behind that in a bit. So anyway, this goes on. Um, dependent on the Ministry of Development, Infrastructure and Spatial Planning. It goes on, in this sense, the territorial delegate of the area, Carmen Casiro, has highlighted the efforts of the Andalusian government to improve the travel conditions of the users of the consortium and their vehicles in the province, offering safety guarantees on public transport. When, have you, when was the last time you saw anybody using the word guarantee? Who's a politician in the UK? Anyway, it goes on. Casiro, accompanied by the managing director of the Metropolitan Transport Consortium of the Malaga area, Javier Belanga, explained that this system, which is a, the 162 buses of the Metropolitan Transport Consortium of the Malaga area, is capable of neutralizing COVID-19. Even bad odors in the vehicle turn them into spaces free of harmful organisms and particles. Again, this is something that we need to know what our audience we were pitching it to. If they're not bothered about like having airborne AIDS, sorry, airborne HIV, why don't don't we go? Hey, it'll remove the smell of farts. You know that scruff you sit next to on the bus. Over, it's done. Sign them up; they'll be right into it. Watch. So, a little bit more on this. Uh, Casero goes on in this way. He specified that in the verification protocols in which it's effectiveness has been tested by the National Institute of Advanced Technology, we obtain a percentage greater than ninety nine percent. And COVID-19 and other viruses of equal or greater resistance have been included. So, I mean, I translated this from the Spanish. Um, not myself. I use Google Translate. But uh, what it's saying in basic terms is um, it'll filter COVID-19 out of the air. Now, from a personal perspective, right, I've been on these buses in Andalusia, right, um, wearing an FFP2 mask. A little bit snapped there, but I bought a crap one there, with, I think. But never mind, it still works. Um, FFP2 mask and filtration system. And for the first time throughout this entire pandemic, it's still going on. I felt sound just sitting there on the bus, sitting next to somebody on the bus, not caring. I picked the other person who was wearing the mask, um, not the surgical one, the FFP2, and went and sat next to him. Don't think he was too happy, actually, but I don't care. Um, he, was the, he was the safest one on there. So... This is a thing, right, where if we are going to do anything like practical about this, then those are what that's one of the things we can do. We'll cover some of the other things as the show goes on. So back to this. Um, I'll just read this out so we're clear. SARS-CoV-2 infection damages the CD8 plus T cell response, an effect akin to that observed in earlier studies showing long-term damage to the immune system after infection with viruses such as hepatitis C or HIV. This is obviously important, and I'm like, you know, if you've been watching or listening for a while, you'll know I've shown the photographs when I had shingles for a year, by the way. That's not normal. And the top and bottom of, of that is, like, I'm one example of many where I've still got nerve damage from it. Um, I got shingles before the vaccine. I had the vaccine, like, probably halfway through the year that I had shingles, and... um. 
it has nothing to do with the vaccine. I just thought I'd put that in there. And um, what we think happened was I got COVID like early doors when it was sweeping around. Generally a healthy person. So it was a, a bit out of the blue to be getting um get like getting shingles. And what they're saying is is like infections of um COVID just re reduces the effectiveness of the immune system. Um and yeah, it, I mean, the more repeat infections you get, the worse it gets. I mean, there's plenty of people I've been speaking to who've been saying, "Ah, oh, the first and the second one was fine, and the third one absolutely done us in." Well, yeah, there's a reason for that because your immune system's damaged, the T cell response is damaged, and this is obviously. Um, by the way, I should mention this is Stanford Medical School research. There, there are no mugs. I mean, it's like this is proper stuff. Why isn't this on every front page, though? Like, if you could answer that in the comments. You know, I'm a pretty good idea, but I'd like to see what you think. So anyway, post-COVID-19 condition, common symptoms. Are any of these things that you feel like you, that you've had or you've got? One of the reasons I want to delineate this, and I'll come to the points in a moment, is that there's so many people going, oh, I've got that bloody virus. There's all these viruses going around. Oh, I've got this This flu's horrible. Are you sure it's not just like the, the back end of post-COVID and you, you maybe didn't know you had it? Nobody can be actually sure at the moment, as far as I can see. So anyway, post-COVID-19 condition, common symptoms, cognitive dysfunction. That's like sort of your brain, like commonly known as brain fog. That was one of the things that did me in that year. And I'm only just piecing it all back together, like now. Um, tell you what, having, a, having that crash at the start of the year, it hasn't helped us knock us back proper. Um, sleep disorders. Currently, I'm getting like five hours a night, whether I go to sleep at 10 o'clock, 12 o'clock or one o'clock. So I've just pushed my bedtime back to like midnight. Um, I don't know what the hell is going on. Also, it goes on altered taste, smell and taste, a cough, shortness of breath, heart palpitations, all of those I'd had, heart palpitation, defo, chest pain or tightness. In that year, I thought I was going to have a heart attack a few times, extreme tiredness, standard. Muscle pain and spasms, defo, worsening of fatigue just got worse. Every time I tried to like exercise me way out of it, made it worse. So if you have these kind of symptoms, gentle movement and exercise, don't try and push it too soon because it'll knock you back savagely, seriously. So anyway, um, this is from uh, the Global Times, which is a China state affiliated media outlet. I just thought I'd point that out. However, um, they also say autopsies offer key clues for early stages for COVID-19 patients. It says the influence of COVID-19 on the human body is like a combination of SARS and AIDS as it damages both the lungs and immune systems. Autopsies offer key clues for early stage COVID-19 patients. That quote was from a doctor in Wuhan. You may have heard of that place. Um, Eric Fagel-Ding, he also says um, he is an American scientist. No onset autoimmune disease. New study in 640K patients shows that SARS-CoV-2 infection leads to 43% increased risk of developing new onset autoimmune diseases after acute COVID-19. Another autoimmune disorder also exacerbated by 23%. Not good, says Eric. Correct, says everybody else, apart from the hard of thinking. Also, something else here, right? There's two things I want to point out. One of them to do with the show, one of them not, though, but I'm going to read it out. First one, Sheeran's hero and friend, Eric Clapton. Right, Ed Sheeran's hero and friend, Eric Clapton, is a full-on racist, right? So there's there's one for a bloody start. So if you're going to be close friends with somebody, maybe check their history, yeah? So 
as he did for John Mayer with today's wrist. Uh, sorry. So Sheeran's hero, hero and friend, Eric Clapton, got him into a serious watch collection as he did for John Mayer. And today's wrist were Patek Philippe perpetual calendar model. So he's got him into watches. Wonderful. Um, you've got loads of money you don't know what to spend your money on. It will make sense in the moment why I've raised that up, though. Highlight at the bottom. Sheeran says he himself is vaccinated and managed to contract COVID at least seven times thanks to constant travel and the kids. Something to watch, right? And on the right here, it says, uh, Ed Sheeran just revealed that his baby has had COVID twice. This is from todaysparent.com. Why am I bringing this up, right? Sometimes we need canaries in the coal mine. There's two things that strike me about the fabulously wealthy um, Ed Sheeran. With a huge amount of money, you can properly mitigate against catching COVID. Like, you can have filter systems coming out of your arse, pal. So, um, <laughs> what has he been doing, like... Uh, like having people spit in his mouth on tour or something like what is going on here or is he just numb like because money doesn't buy your sense we know this we've seen that like throughout history right so is he just numb to this is it just like is this just the psychology that's getting us through well not me i'm happy with the truth not happy with it but i'll i'll, have, I'll deal with it so what is it because like it's boggling my mind the psychology of it we'll come on to the forgetting part of it in a moment but um as I mentioned earlier, it's like from the Spanish flu, in, um, like early early part of the night, um, not the 20th century, not the 19th. So it's interesting to me, all this, and I want to know more. But here's some comments that we've picked up from various platforms. Alex Richard says, in the past few days, I've noticed a lot more COVID tests coming through the postal system. Alex is a postie. Literally like hundreds compared to the odd few the previous few months, obviously hundreds in one depot. Um, it's, and I've just said it's an interesting indicator. It is. And I think we're reduced in a lot of ways to anecdotal stuff because, like, are the stats even, what are the, I don't know. I mean, what's the bloody methodology with them? Uh, your very existence goes against our community standards. This is like, this is what it feels like to me at the minute. It's just clown world, man. It's like people want to, will greedily believe anything that makes them not, like, see what the hell's going on here. I think the, a part of this is the political establishment have got themselves tied in a knot because they utterly politicized this issue instead of it constantly and consistently being about a public health issue. When politics gets involved in public health, it's rarely a good thing. Unless, of course, and we'll see this at the end, they're funding mitigations, which they should be doing, because even from an economic standpoint, it's illiterate because this covid long covid thing is just going to mount up and it's going to mount up and mount up and maybe they're just banking on the fact that like you know maybe this isn't going to be very easy to link all of these like follow-on diseases that people will get because of lowered immune system to repeated infections of covid i don't know what that thinking is and like that is obviously just spitballing i need to make it clear allegedly but we have to have a space and a, pl a platform to be able to talk these things through. I'm just trying to apply logic, man, because I don't understand what the logic is from an economic standpoint, from a public health standpoint. And we know that the people at the top are absolutely mad, but they do care about money. So they're not even doing it from that. What does that, what does this all mean, man? Like, it makes no sense to me at all. So let us see some more, shall we? I think we shall. Here's some more. Sorry, that's Alex again. Um, 
do the yeah no on youtube i'm still taking every precaution available and i'm clinically vulnerable any outcome for me after catching COVID would probably not be good i replied he may i'm very conscious of this after getting shingles and sticking around for the fat end of a year load immune system opens us up to this kind of thing i'm sure i don't need to tell you that i'll be wearing ffp2 masks for the rest of my life it looks like and the reason i say that is is um i don't think i'm going to be traveling around england feeling the way i did on an andalusian bus and I was still wearing my mask, but filter systems, maybe you don't need to. I think people should double up, of course. But um, this is the thing. It shouldn't just be on the individual because we can't stop this. Like, here's the reality. If things stay the same, we'll, we're all going to get it eventually if we leave the like, house on a consistent basis, even if we wear FFP2s. Um, I'm just uh, of a point now where I'm just not giving up my wicket easily. That's all it is. So every time I go out, I've got one of these. And I just lob it on, on my wrist. It's like second nature now, you know what I mean? That literally snapped on camera when I was putting it on my wrist. What shoddy. Buy different FFP2s from the one I, I, I bought there. The straps on these are shit. Um, <laughs> not true of them all. We'll take some more comments, though, while we're on it. Eh? Right. Two seconds. Have a scrolling through. Jacqueline is saying, I'm sure I remember hearing a speech where Hancock was boasting that the Tories would be building long COVID clinics, or did I remember wrong? Can't remember. Um, it'd be good to see that, though. That would be really cool if you just could find that. That would be sound. Right, so Jess Hunt saying, just because they all care about, all they care about is money doesn't mean they care about the economy. They can, as individuals, make vast sums of money as the economy collapses. You fucking, you've got it. I just hadn't squared that circle, mate. Thank you. I hadn't understood you're quite right. Their personal wealth and the economy is completely different. It's all somebody else's problem, isn't it? So here's that's a massive breakthrough mentally for me, Jez. Thank you. I'm really trying to work out how to pitch this, right? So it's basically like people people's personal wealth <laughs> will will fall through the floor. I mean, obviously, I mean, if people are fabulously wealthy, it doesn't make a difference between five billion and one billion, really, unless you're doing some dirt, I suppose. Um Nicola Price Dench is saying it's rife in Bridlington. Um, is it? Do you feel the same? I mean, by the way, Bridlington, I used to go there on my holidays to um, the Catonville bed and breakfast, the most working class thing ever. Went there like five, six years on the spin. And my parents still get Christmas cards. I've got a couple from Newburn and Newcastle who we used to go every year with. Met them there. Um, I remember maggots under the set. It was horrendous, but that's where you go as working class people getting the train to Bridlington. Is it is the Catonville still there, Nicola? I've just went off off piece, but you know we need a bit of levity amongst all this darkness. So, um, what's it like where you are? Do you hear the cough? Like everywhere I go, everybody's yakking, and it's not just winter, man. It's like severe business. That like, um, who knows? So Zoe's saying. Me and daughter have same disabilities. She first got COVID before jabs. I got it after two jabs. She has long COVID. I don't, man. So like, jab, that would imply that like getting your jabs um, would mitigate against that for clinically vulnerable people. So get what jabs. And um, sorry about your daughter, mate. Much love to you both. Um, right. Like that'll do for now. Get oh, and Glasgow first changed his name. Nice one, Glasgow. Actually, hoping it's been COVID and not the GRT for failing. Fingers crossed you don't get ill, Zoe. Do you feel you're oh, sorry? It was just somebody else, right? Going to move on now, um, to the next bit. Let's see what else we've got. The forgetting bit is really interesting, man. But like, first, a little bit of this this is from history.com. 
why the 1918 flu became America's forgotten pandemic. Um, few personal stories were published. It wasn't just doctors. No one really wanted to talk or write about what it was like to live through the flu. Newspaper articles about the pandemic didn't usually describe the personal stories of those who died or survived, says Jay. I think that's really interesting. And it reminds us a little bit about, like, you know, nobody wanted to talk about the war, so I don't mention the war. Um, and maybe people are feeling the same way about, back then were feeling the same way during the Great Forgetting. And maybe people are doing that now. Because if you remember, after that came the Roaring Twenties, where it was all like the, the flapper dance and the Charleston and everybody was off on one, you know, um, having fun. And maybe that's what's occurring now. People are just throwing themselves into hedonism and they just refuse to even hear this stuff. Like, I need to look further into what the psychological name for all of this is like and and that because I just need to know what the hell is going on. I'm finding it mad sinister. I'm just like... Hello, it's literally the living embodiment of the this is fine meme, you know, the one with the dog. And what the hell is going on? So one of the reasons I played that short video at the start of the show, people just sitting there where there's flames behind them. That must have been inspired by the this is fine dog meme, surely. So anyway, the great forgetting. This is from the British Medical Journal. COVID-19, a comparison to the 1918 influenza and how we can defeat it. Victims of the 1918 influenza mostly died from secondary bacterial pneumonia, while victims of COVID-19 mostly die from an overactive immune response resulting in organ failure. Cheery. There's another reason why people maybe don't want to uh, hear this stuff, because they're sick of it from two years of absolute darkness. Sadly, like the way I look at it is this, right? If we don't see this through and actually like do something and start campaigning for things like filtration systems, people that we know are going to like get seriously ill or possibly die. And personally, I'm just not up for that. I don't know about you. So I'm going to like take all of this shit that I take for all of these taboos that I, I talk about. And I hope I'm not going to do it on my own. Please get involved in this. Like, I'm, I'm serious. I want to start a proper campaign for filtration systems and schools buses, hospitals, that kind of thing. Like, everywhere, mandate everywhere, absolutely everywhere. Have them coming out of your arse. All the places, masks, all the, just, ah, man, like, what is going on? I'm so frustrated by this entire scenario, right? Because rationalism is just out the window. And when you talk like, 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 oh, yeah, we need all these rational things, like you, we're called conspiracy theorists or it's all crap or it's absolute Clownsville, Tennessee. Like, what the hell is going on here, man? Anyway, some more on the great forgetting before I go off on some mad rant. Um, the, this from the conversation. Uh, why historians ignored the Spanish flu? And there's a picture there for audio people um, back in the day with people with them big raggy masks on their face. Um, policeman wearing mask provided by the American Red Cross in Seattle, 1918. Um, curious that then that for the first 50 years after the Spanish flu swept around the globe, killing about 50 to 100 million people, no one, least of all historians, gave it much thought, concentrating instead on the far more compelling story of the Great War. Indeed, in 1924, the Encyclopedia Britannica didn't even mention the pandemic in its review of the most eventful years of the 20th century. <laughs> Wow. This neglect of the Spanish influenza, so-called, because Spain was one of the few countries in 1918 to report the spreading illness, extended to the public sphere, hence the marked absence of memorials to the nurses and civilians, most of them young adults, who perished in the three waves of infection. 
it goes on. So when did historians wake up to the 1918 pandemic? The answer appears to be around 1968, just the 50 years later then. That was the year that the author Charles Graves, prompted by the new pandemic of Hong Kong flu, published Invasion by Virus. This was followed in 1974 by Richard Collier's Plague of the Spanish Lady, drawn on the personal testimonies of over 1,700 flu survivors. Collier was the first to capture the horror and panic as the flu circumnavigated the globe. However, his narrative was episodic and lacked a true historical perspective. It was left to the environmental historian Alfred Crosby in his 1976 book Epidemic and Peace to place the pandemic in the context of other great scourges of the past, such as the Black Death, which killed an estimated 40 to 70 million in the middle decades of the 14th century. And so it appears to me that obviously there's other things going on in the world. They were talking about the Great War there and why people weren't talking about it, blah, 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 blah. Um, understandable and understood but 50 years later and it appeared in some book that nobody would have read in it's not so is there a d notice on talking about this stuff for those who don't know a d notice is a seemingly voluntary notice handed down to a publisher from the government and quite often it's a member of the army who'll contact people um declassified uk were contacted by a, a retired general from the army um, and they told them no. I think, to my knowledge, that's the only outlet who's ever knocked back um, sticking to a D notice. So, is there a D notice on talking about this, or is it being like what? What is going on? Is it like the so-called national security thing? Like, I don't understand why in the UK and other Western countries too, nothing's being done in terms of mitigations. So. Well, what what is it that we want? And stick around for the end. We're going to do a few bits of hope as well, just to, as a palate cleanser before we leave. What we want is this. Access to vaccines, um, safe air in the workplace, PPE, um, an ability to build a trust in the science. And what that, for me, can come from is um, outlets who are, like, basically propaganda outlets to be sanctioned by the likes of Ipso, Ofcom, um, and you'll find out tomorrow why I think that's a laugh. So we need to campaign for better protections on that. So I don't think science can be trusted when it's being allowed to be absolutely discredited by people who don't know what they're talking about. This one, next one, really important for me, compassion for medically vulnerable minorities. I mean, I was really surprised. Like after I was like, I came back after like being ill and one of the things, the first post I, I wrote was like, we need to be um, looking out for people who are clinically vulnerable. And the amount of vitriol I got there, and which to me is a bit of a canary in the coal mine that there's a level of denial going on. Because whenever like anybody pokes at the truth and people don't want to um, acknowledge the truth, I, I've noticed in my life, and you might have too, people tend to act quite aggy or they'll attack you as the sort of messenger. Um, and it's something to watch out for, but I don't care. That, like, to completely and utterly just ignore the fact there's an ever-grown amount of clinically, medically vulnerable people is what words want to use. Evil. Let's just not piss about. It's evil. I'm not, like... Dominic Cummins, I'm not into like, eugenics and whatever, but people seem to be getting like really like comfortable with this beige form of eugenics. 
Well, guess what? It's going to get you eventually and people that you love if this continues. So let's not stop pussyfooting around and just tell it how it is. Um, consideration for others, that would be a lovely thing. And also the precautionary principle. What else? What else? What else? So something I'd like to point out here, new research from the University of Surrey in Bristol and the ESPCI Paris has shown that FFP2, these ones here, right here, FFP2 filtering facepiece respirator masks are five times more efficient at filtering particles than their mad rags we've been putting on our faces at the start of the pandemic, um, which carry the COVID-19 virus than cloth masks. So FFP2s, you can see on the side there, hold on a minute, can you see them? It's got a printed FFP2, also KN95s, get amongst it. It's where we're here. If you want to support the work, patreon.com forward slash cowdaily, patreon.com forward slash cowdaily. PayPal link in the description if you want to leave a one-off donation. Big up everybody who has. Thank you very much. Love yous. Um, also, youtube.com forward slash cowdaily for all your propagandized needs. Not really. It's the truth. Anyway, there's an FFP2 on the screen. There's a close-up of one there. Um, please make sure it's those masks. FFP3s um, seem to be a bit of a Tory mask. Protect you. Doesn't protect anybody around you. FFP2s protect you. Protect everybody around you. Canny. So... Um, what I'd like is for those to be posted to everybody in the country, but um, maybe we can campaign for that. This from COVIDisAirborne.org. Um, proper fitted masks is what we want. Um, social distancing until we get on top of this. Um, better outdoor spaces for people to socialize in. Um, proper ventilation in houses measuring the CO2 and proper filtration systems. So those are the things that I think are um, things we can campaign for. So the masks, the distance, oh, da, 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 da. because it makes no sense to me, as I've said earlier on, to continue going down this bloody road because it's going to get us eventually. And by then it might be too late and the economy will just break. So somebody's saying here, and I just wanted to um, impress this upon people. It's not just um, the things like shingles that you can get. Um, it's the things that you do to manage those things. And it, like I was offered all kinds of opiates for the pain and I refused because I thought uh, I might get addicted. And it was the same after I had spinal surgery. I had like opiates on the first day and then paracetamol after that because I just, I just really don't want to get an opioid addiction. But what's happened here is this person's saying, shingles killed my brother last year. Shingles led to narcotics for the pain leading to excess sleep, leading to blood clots, leading to double PE. Another vaccine people should not avoid. So this is really something to be aware of. We're all on our own, it seems, with this. And I really want to try and like collectivize this and collectivize us around this struggle if possible. But I kind of do it on my own. Like I can't like try and like do the whole setting up of Cow Daily and building the media company and the com campaign. So this is the thing. If you listen to this, watching this, um, contact us. We want to try and get a group of people together to lead a campaign to link in with other things um, like the long COVID organizations, long COVID kids, all of that. Contacting the unions. 
do any of you have direct contacts with people within the unions because we need to get this on their agenda because it's all about health and safety in the workplace so the rmt there's a good one we need to get them on the trains um the national education union there's a good one we need to get them in the schools that'd be a good couple of wins to get them to sign up to that so i'm asking yous out there who's up for getting involved in this who's up for making this happen because I kind of do this on my own. And I think we all need a bit of hope, don't we? And sometimes that comes from collectivizing around a task. So I'm not going to lead lead on this. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask in use to. Because we can't just whinge about this stuff. But I can't I don't have the capacity to do it all. So I've got the capacity to be involved, but I want somebody, um, some people to step up and lead. Um, we really should be doing this kind of thing like all of us, instead of just like talking about it. But as we keep saying, we can't fix a problem unless we diagnose it. The upshot of this show is this. If we keep getting um, infected with COVID, according to a Stanford Medical School research um, and study published this week, it has the same impact on your T cells and immune system as HIV. Think about that, man. Remember, the, remember, like, do you want HIV? Like, <laughs> you, you know, I wouldn't go around like smoking off people who've got it. It's just, I mean, I understand, right? Yeah, HIV can be mitigated against by like medication and stuff now. But like, at the very like best case scenario, there's all these people on medication for the rest of the, their lives. Oh, a penny's just dropped there. Do the pharmaceutical companies want that? I don't know. These are all the questions that I'm like asking myself. Let's get a working group together. Get in touch with us. Um, just inboxes. Um, dead easy. Loads of ways to do it. Um, Milkcowpodcast at gmail.com if you want to prefer that. Just email us. Um, and I'll pull together a Zoom meeting and we'll talk about it. And I'm serious, man. Like a proper, proper campaign that we we'll fucking fix this because if they can do this in Andalusia they can do it they can do it in the UK seriously honestly it felt lush sitting on that bus just sitting there like next to me man with the FFP2 um filters going going like the clappers air feeling good not smelling no man's farts either great times you know that that dank when people smoke like when they've got that coat on and it's been raining takes that smell out good news isn't it so you know it's relatively cheap as well but definitely compared to the crashing of an economy it's cheap but this is the problem with like um libertarian fash running the country and as opposition giving them a back rub we're gonna have to do this ourselves and i think through the unions is a really realistic way of doing it and before we take a little bit of hope before we go take some comments and um, there's a lot of them so i'll get through i'll get as many as i can um do 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 right Lizzie F's in the house. Hello, mate. I was so sick in the February. Just the announced COVID. Then not sick at all since. Don't know anyone who's had it, though. I've heard about people dying. Um, I, I mean, if you want to do anecdotals, I know people who've been in an hospital multiple times. Um, and I have plenty of people. You know, I'm really worried about my friends as well, like who are clinically vulnerable. Um, because fucking kill them. <laughs> um, it's hard to even say that out loud. Um, 
was hello why all the ignorance already covered malthus most of the right wing in one form or another subscribed his ideas regarding population and the economy i'm gonna look into that was thank you my friend um what else we got zoe all clinically extremely vulnerable clinically vulnerable get off focus do we all have to stop living just for you that's not what we're saying at all no but nobody said that and i mean you certainly would never say that i know that of you and um, that's the GB newsers of this world who've got people's head in a vice around the back. Seriously, man, that's a lot of what it's about. Glasgow saying, can you wear a mask? You're oppressing me. <laughs> that's the mad thing is, like, like this is what I mean about public health being politicized. It's those type of things are what promotes that response. Madness, man. Right, a little bit of hope before we dance off. Um, this is Mike Godwin. Maybe, maybe you've heard of Godwin's Law. <laughs> Second Godwin's Law just dropped. Drawn Bayesian inferences after extensive sampling. Ooh, aren't you intelligent, Mike? I've determined that it's 99% certain that anyone who uses woke as pejorative will turn out to be a fuckhead. Please don't blame me for pointing this out. It's just science. This was apparently from March 18th, 2022, but it's just um, came across my desk. Many of you have done that before. <laughs> it's just absolutely class. Second Godwin's Law is um, what you've just seen. The first one is uh, about the Nazis. Quote from Martin Luther King. I really hope it's a, a, a one. I didn't have a chance to corroborate it. But almost always the creative, dedicated minority has made the world a better place. Whether he said that or not, it links into what I'm asking. Let's get a creative and dedicated minority wrapped around this campaign and make the world a better place. And you never know. Like, do you know what my bloody dream is, right? The, my dream is this. The likes of Zoe, the likes of um, your punk food bandit, Alice Wolf, who got covered again, by the way, and has been absolutely riddled for about four weeks. Um, for you to feel comfortable and safe in public buildings, or like I did on the bus. I honestly think he's would. Um, it was just cool. You know what I mean? It was just like, oh God. And I realized I'd kind of breathed out somewhat ironically for the first time since the start of the pandemic, like on a bus and stuff. And that should just be standard. But again, there's laws around health and safety in the workplace. We have leverage to, to do this. There's so many different examples of this, not in the UK. There's precedent. We can achieve this. Filters on the buses, filters in the public, um, school uh, in the school systems, man. How we eh? let's do something, man. Let's honestly do something. Messages, inboxes. It doesn't matter if you've never been involved in a campaign before. If you've got the the will for it, man. Like there's plenty of people, and we, we can do it all online. We don't need to meet. We can meet online. Do you know what I mean? Like that's the thing. In 2023, we've learned one of the things from this pandemic is we can do things together online and change things. So let's do it, man. But again. I'm not doing this on my own. It's a challenge. Like, I'll meet, meet everybody halfway and we'll graft, but I just don't have the capacity. I don't, but I really don't have the capacity to die either. So what we're going to do? Um, bit more hope. Here's your boy, Lynch. RMT got, the, got themselves a deal and something, uh, 75% discount on leisure as well. Nice. I think it was a 14% pay rise the members have voted for. Big up, Mick. Um, all the best, kid. 
little quote before we leave. Sometimes you just need to talk about something, not to get sympathy or help, but just to kill its power by allowing the truth of things to hit the air. Hearing that loud and clear. It's what a lot of this is about for me. I just need the truth of things to hit the air because it's driving me mad that people are stuck in the house still and they're just being forgotten. And I'm not going to participate in this great forgetting so-called, and I hope you don't either. Um, it's about humanity and it's about not losing ours, isn't it? And we cannot, in the, we just can't claim to be like humanitarians or whatever it is we're claiming to be. And just forget about clinically vulnerable people. I want Zoe, Punk Food Bandita, and everybody else, um, including myself, because it's not just about clinically vulnerable people anymore. It's about all of us. And it never was, but the narrative has been made to be so, which is, why is that billionaire propaganda? Got it in one. So what do we need to do? Well, I'm just going to sit and wait for you to contact us, and then we'll work it out, won't we? So please do. Um, again, if you want to support our work, patreon.com forward slash cow daily. It's your boy, PayPal, for a one-off donation. I await expectantly, my friends. I await you getting in touch. And in the time on a tradition, goodbye. <laughs>